Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. With Tesco, where you won't pay more for the products that matter most to you. Tesco, every little helps. Now it's that time of week when we take a look back at some of the stories that have been making the headlines and we're joined in the studio for our Friday morning coffee break this morning by friend of the show Alice O'Farrell. Good morning to you Alice. Hi Julian. We also have Ray O'Halloran of Limerick City Build. Good morning Ray. Good morning. And Catherine McGeechee, personal development coach. You're very welcome Thanks as well. Thanks a lot Julian. Uh, we'll start this week with a kind of bit of a bad news story I suppose. Uh, this story uh, about Limerick... Limerick's life expectancy in Ireland's most deprived area is seven years lower than the most affluent area. Ray, if I can start with you, I, you know, I think what's depressing about this is the number of people who weren't all that surprised. Well, I was definitely surprised. I'm, um, I'm probably in the departure lounge now <laughs> and I'm wondering uh, when I'm ready to go. I opened up the paper two weeks ago and I read this report from Trinity and I said at uh, three score and ten, I was hoping to reach. I'm 67 now, so I'm gone beyond. I'm living beyond what I should be. I'm a Limerick man. It said that Limerick is the most deprived city in Ireland. We should be ashamed of ourselves. I cannot understand why it's like that, but I can see that it's like that. And it's like that because of the black spots that we have. We have 17 of the top black spots here in Limerick. That's Ireland now I'm talking about, 17. And I say to myself, because of all the stuff that's gone on in the black spots, people have no hope. I wake up in the morning with no jobs, there's no industry. It's like we pushed them all out to the side. This donut that they talk about, we pushed them out. My business is in my loss. There's only one industry there. There's plenty of development land. I was talking to a lot of guys my age now who probably will be dead in the next few years, according to this, and some of them have passed, but I never tied them into this. And if there's anything that made me angry, it's like I woke up and suddenly I'm told, that sentence, Ray, I didn't commit any crime, but I've been sentenced to a seven and a half year death sentence. It's crazy. I'm thinking about that now for the last three or four weeks, and I'm saying to myself, what's going on? All my friends now, if they're my age, are going to be gone, according to this, in the next few years. And it's these are Limerick people. These are people I grew up with, people that I went to school with. So nobody seems to be doing anything. Have we any politicians outside that are screaming and roaring? This is the worst thing that could ever happen. If it was anywhere else, anywhere else in the world, this is like a third world country that we have. Imagine that now, and I'm serious when I say this. We have no industry in the black spots. There were 17 new industries that came to Limerick in the last few years. 17. And yet we still have 17 black spots. People now might tend to blame regeneration. They are not to blame. City council isn't to blame. They only create the conditions. It's the likes of the IDA, Enterprise Ireland, and the people at government level that make decisions. I don't think they give, I won't say about, about Limerick. Yeah, I hear what you're saying, Ray, but I am wondering, you know, how do you attract foreign investment to an area that has already got, let's say, this name of being, a, what, you, what you're what you calling it, 
a black spot. I mean, you imagine a big American tycoon with his business and he wants to come over. If he opens the paper and says, this is, oh, this is a black spot, I won't go there because... You know, sure, sure. Those employees are going to die off seven years earlier. Does, is their ha- job that's, not that, even made that, harder? That's not the way it happens. The IDA and Enterprise Ireland will go to these guys before they come, and they'll put them out to the likes of Raheen and everywhere else. They won't even mention the spots that I'm talking about. I'm in business outside Maros, the only business in Maros, for the last thirty-nine years this year. I have some brilliant workers. We work all over the country. I can't see anything wrong with the guys that we've working. There's brilliant skills outside of We're forgotten. There's no doubt, yeah. But the biggest industry that we have, what happens if the poverty industry goes? Who's gaining all of this? I'll tell you who's gaining. Between St Mary's Park and Almaras, there's four chemists. That, uh, pharmaceutical industry. There's all these people now that are dying early. They all need drugs. Of course, these are legal drugs that they're getting. There's four chemists. There used to be ten pubs. Now there's chemists taken over from the pubs because that's where they're being sent. I cannot figure out how somebody hasn't stood up and said, excuse me, we need industry inside here. And I'm like, it's not here. Catherine, you're a personal development coach. Listening to Ray there, have you any ideas or solutions? Yes, plenty. Um, and I'm hearing everything Ray's saying, especially that last bit. Um we, we need to learn to be empowered in our health. And I, I've met lots of people who actually don't want to be healthy. Uh, that disturbs me because it's a closed mind. And you could have a closed mind in a young person who's 20 and an open mind in an old person who's 90. We call them old. So uh, a 90-year-old, you could be very open. So we need to teach people how to live healthily, what to eat Instead of allowing them to get sick, as Ray has said, you teach, and then you get a huge HSE bill. We teach people, like in other countries, Switzerland, Austria, how to be healthy, how to eat. The, our eating habits are so expensive, Gillian. They're really expensive. If you eat healthily, it's inexpensive. And that's what shocks me, is the cost of eating, like the fast food and so on. Um, I could give classes on how to eat very inexpensively, but maximum nutrition. So people need to know about that. They also need their lifestyle to change. Bruce Lipton is a very famous uh, molecular biologist, and he said, you can change your genetic disposition. That cannot, that those statistics can be changed. If you change what you eat and you change... Uh, yeah, yeah, you're saying it's, it's, it's cheap to eat um, nutritionally, but... You look at the organic vegetables. They're always more expensive than the ordinary vegetables. I, I have to do a big shout out for Aldi here. And I know there's a blockade on them. <laughs> yeah. Aldi, thank you very much for being the organic. Uh, suppl- they, they provide organic food. But also, if you go but to the health their non-organic is cheaper. The non-organic is cheaper. Yeah. yeah. but You, you takes- get an organic cucumber even in Aldi wherever yeah. it is and you get an ordinary one and the non-organic one is always cheaper and that's where people who are on a budget are always going to go for the cheaper option. You see Gillian it takes 40 ordinary carrots to give you the nutrition in one organic carrot and that's what we're looking at if you it's not big meals if you look at the big 
big meals that people eat. And I, I was out <clears throat> at a little... Somebody asked me to meet them in a pub, nice little pub, uh, just to meet. I didn't want anything to eat, but they, they said, let's have a meal with a big, like, pork. And there were they, Each slice of pork, there were about five slices of pork, and they were half an inch thick, and meat, the, the potatoes and veg and so on. I was hungry afterwards, and that person who's a vet said afterwards, I went home and I ate... I t- I, 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 there's something wrong with me. And you see, what it was, was that food was nutritionally bankrupt. There was loads of it, but nothing in it. And that's what we need to start looking at. What's the quality? What Am I being fed nutritionally? And interestingly, doctors who do studies on old people who've apparently died, there was one brilliant study where they did... Uh, autopsies on people who ate three square meals a day and drank their eight pints of water and the people had died they thought of old age but they hadn't died of old age when they opened them up there was zero nutrition in the cells the cells were all withered up and the, and the, they were dry all right alice that's a lot of ground we've covered um, <laughs> that's true. you know in terms of you know the life expectancy in parts of limerick and then is it down to we know it's down in some part to lifestyle but is it all down to what they're eating or is it down to the fact that there's a lack of jobs? No, I think it's a combination and there's actually more to it than that. As Ray was talking about there, the black spots in Limerick, I think um, a lot of people living in the black spots in Limerick, they've got very low self-esteem and, you know, that that in a child, it has been proven, you know, that, that can cause behavioural issues as they get older. So you're, they're living in an area that has, um, you know, high incidences of poverty, unemployment, drug-related behaviour, fear of drugs, gangs and all that kind of stuff. So so there's, I think, a combination of bad nutrition and stress. Yeah. Oh, yes. You know, yeah, stress is a big yes. factor, yes. you know, in early, in, in developing illnesses. It's a lack of hope as well, isn't it? Can I well, just... Well, the stress is, is a huge, yes. massive thing, stress yes. Yeah, it no, is. But it's not just. And, and what what causes the stress? You give any young for a job, it can de-stress them. Well, yeah, a job, because a job, got a, job a job, a job, mm. a job, a job. Remember now what I'm saying to you. There is no employment in my Ross, in St Mary's Park. There's none there. And that that then follows on that there is no. It becomes hopeless. Mm. So then they fall into these, you know, the, the bad social behaviours mm. and. The, alcoholism, violence. I'd also like to say, I know lots of people who are high flyers and they've got massive stress. If you have stress, you don't absorb the nourishment from your food. It goes in one way and out the other. So stress is a huge thing. And how people are working, the long lifestyles, some some good companies are teaching their people to eat for the demands of the long hours. Like, you, you know, mothers bringing babies in to a creche very early in the morning and collecting the baby very late in the evening and the husband not getting in maybe for a couple of hours or their partner not getting in uh, for for hours later. I know those scenarios. So... The, the the husband might be out from, say, 6 in the morning and he gets back in at 11 and he's eating rubbish. He might be a director of a company, but the pressure is so huge. And so, these are the people that actually have a job. Yes. Do you yes. know the people that are unemployed? Yes. You know, and, and, you know, going back to, you know, the cost of food, 
it's all very well to say, you know, whether the vegetables are organic or not. But, you know, and I get your point about it takes 40 carrots to get the yeah. nutrition from one, orgi- one organic one. But there, there are people with kind of, you know, mid to large families and they can't even, you know, it's chicken nuggets and chips. I know, you know, and that's really expensive. There are, if you look at the Asian countries, how do they handle their large families? Some of them have twenty children, and that—that's what we ought to do. Uh, go out and see what did, what are they eating to create health. They don't have half the health problems we have. They have other issues, but not half the health problems. And that's what we need to be looking at. Who is getting results? Yeah, I, I, think I, I just need to say on this. If 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 you if we if somebody from the areas that I'm talking about were listening to what we're talking about, you'd want a month to be talking about all the difficulties to have. But I think if I go back to the the sixties and the seventies when I grew up, or the fifties, the sixties and the seventies, everybody had an opportunity for jobs. Everybody had. There are no jobs. I get well, okay, at the moment. If I'm a teenager at the moment, I go, I finish school, and then I go on a course. And then I'll get my diploma. And then I'll wave it and I'll say, look what I'm after getting. There's no place in my area that will take me on because it's the forgotten part. There's parts of Limerick that are completely forgotten about. And then trauma, of course, sets in Mm -hmm. because of stress. Then you don't want to get up out of bed. And then you expect somebody who's involved in that type of lifestyle to say, well, there's a job there. There's plenty of jobs there, but they're not job ready. And then you'll go on to the likes of the forces of the world who think that education is the problem. It's not. These people already gave up on education and they have unbelievably, unbelievable hand skills. And I think that's the part. Now, I'm coming from that from personal experience because there isn't the day that passes. The two or three lads will pass my factory and look for a job. Why? Ray, I'd also like to say that we've got a growing uh, older community in population. So we're with a lot of people who are retired. So you could have somebody who's retiring at 65 and they've 30, a 30 year lifespan. No, not according uh, to this. Yeah, yeah. But, but, but there's five people at the moment yeah. living in St Mary's Park up to 80. Five. Yes. Five 80 year olds. They're not going beyond that. They don't have a job. And it's that article's about the, how, why is there a health issue? And I think we need to look at all the sectors of society. Why, why, why in, in the Limerick area, why is that statistic there for all, this, all of them? And then you come up with a very, very interesting picture altogether. So there are all these jigsaw pieces, the stress, the yeah, definitely. self-esteem. Okay. Well, and healthcare as well, you yeah. know, they have limited access. We'll, t- we'll take a break and we'll move on to something else after. Earlier I mentioned the news story that we covered this week of the inquest of 73-year-old Patrick Sonny O'Reilly of Ferrybridge in Clarina and we've been in touch with the family of Sonny and they have said that things have changed since they last spoke to the media and requested that we don't play out uh, the audio that was recorded after the inquest and of course we will honour that request and we wish the family all the best. Now... We have our Friday morning coffee break.
panel with us this morning. We've Alice O'Farrell, Ray O'Connor and Catherine McGeechie and a very different news story we're going to chat about now and this is balding men who are hanging upside down like bats in a crazy bid to grow their hair back. Believe it or not, hundreds are trying the inversion method to increase the flow of blood to the scalp along with it, it's claimed, follicle-boosting new nutrients. But a hair restoration surgeon says there's no evidence that it works and it could even be dangerous. YouTuber Nicola Chatfield's vlog on the technique has clocked up almost 48,000 views. Alice, these poor old men, they'll try anything. I know, and there's no point asking Ray about that because he's got a full head of hair, so I don't think he's going to try it. Are you Ray? No, (laughs) no need for Ray, but... No, uh, no, I think it's it's actually ridiculous. But you know what? I think um, any man who's losing his hair, they'll try anything. (laughs) But I thought we'd passed that. I actually thought we had now reached a point where it... You know, it wasn't just acceptable to be bald, but it was trendy. Well, yeah, if you've got the right shaped head, maybe. Or, I don't know, I think there's a certain look, a certain type of a guy that can get away with a bald look, you know. I think but as long as they cut it short, thing. it's, it's a, no yeah, problem. You know, the, the thing worst thing is the, is the dreaded comb-over, Ray, isn't it? Like, oh, yeah, you know, the comb-over. No, no, you have a fine head of hair, you're fine. <laughs> you, but, but... You know, you know the, the, n- years ago, men tried to cover it up. Now, nowadays, there's a lot of men have made lot being of, bald get be sexy. Like you, you look at the the, the Bruce Willis, yeah. all the hard men like Bruce Willis, uh, The Rock, yeah. um, Jason Statham, Vin Diesel. Not a follicle of hair between them, yeah. and they're seen as the toughest guys out there. So why would men go to this trouble? I haven't a clue. I hardly, well, I'll I hardly tell you. comb my hair to tell you the truth. <laughs> but I'm going bald on the top. But I never take notes. Pinning, I wouldn't never. go quite well, that proven. Yeah. It's a proven fact that any increase in blood flow to any area of the body will stimulate, you know, mm. oxygenated blood will stimulate kind of cell renewal. Okay. So I suppose that's the theory behind it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, so hanging upside down hanging upside is theory. Down. But that's, yeah, I can see why somebody would come up with this idea and say, oh yeah, that might, it's ridiculous though. That, I'm know. hanging upside down a long time now. Catherine, does it surprise you that men would go to these lengths? No, because I, I get lots of, um, I get lots of adverts in my YouTube feed and Facebook for uh, adverts uh, for patches and and there's a brilliant Facebook YouTube um, for uh, restoring hair for men. It's just incredible. But Widdis do a fantastic concoction. Widdis the chemist in Rocha Street. And the reason I know that is I notice a lot of the local men, uh, farmers, had thick heads of hair and I wondered why was that? And one of them told me it's a concoction in Widdis the chemist. And I went into Widdis the chemist in Rocha Street to find out what was it? And the lady looked at me as if, this is the old lady now that used to be there, uh, as, why would I be looking for that? Because I have a fine big thick head, mm-hmm. head of hair. And uh, I said, you know, it's my locals. I'd love to know just for the men ask. Uh, so she pointed to this cabinet. She said, that's it over there. And she po- told me what it was. But my grandfather, who was an old style pharmacist, he used to say a concoction of rosemary. You can actually rub it into the hair and it will build the follicles of the hair or ingest it. Now in Santorini in in southern Italy, uh, they have a massive amount of uh, people over 100 years of age 
And when the Italian government went to look at why this was, because in the last census they they thought it was an anomaly, they discovered that it was people eating rosemary. They eat it... They eat it really well and they have thick heads of hair. So for all the gents out there trying to get rid of the baldness, maybe hang upside down like Ray here, (laughs) but also rub a wee bit of rosemary in. Yeah, rosemary's lovely on the rose spuds, isn't it? So yeah. Do you? Do you, Alice? Yeah. So do I. Grow it, yeah. Yeah, that's the... Obviously, the the best thing to do because if you grow it yourself, it's organic on top of yeah. everything else, yeah. isn't it? Okay, another story that has made the news this week is uh, Limerick Publican, who's looking for an extension uh, when Saracens and Leinster come to Limerick, hoping that uh, the pubs will be able to stay open a little bit later. Ray, do you think it's a good idea? I think it's a brilliant idea. Uh, keeps the pubs open late. Uh, people will start to enjoy themselves. Uh, Tommy Sullivan knows how to do things so I think for Limerick it'll be great great advertising for Limerick then as well bring plenty of employment for the young fellas for the barmen for whatever it's great the rugby crowd are great when they get together Mm. I think it's brilliant Are you in favour, Alice? Well, I'm kind of neutral on that. <laughs> you know, I mean O'Connell Street Limerick at 2 o'clock in the morning <laughs> all the pubs close at the same time it'll be like Orazone <laughs> <laughs> and Catherine? I'd be very much for it. And I think if there was uh, transport put on, I think people need a buzz. I think they need something to lift their spirits. Uh, and if that's going to do it, we, we know people drink. So they're either drinking at home or drinking in the pub. Um, so I think the thing is manage it properly so that there's not a lot of social disturbance and that people can actually really enjoy and get the atmosphere, as Ray says. Yeah. yeah, another more serious story, Ray, and this is, I suppose, a little bit like the first story that we covered. Is it was Peter Father Peter McVeary's letter to the Irish Times this week got an awful lot of coverage. Uh, his letter basically told the story that he had attended court with a young homeless boy who'd been charged with the theft of a bottle of orange, and the value was one euro. And at the same time, a TD on his way home. We know it was the TD that resigned earlier this week um, from his very well-paid job stopped to sign into the dole and collect his expenses of €51,600. And he was just making the point that it was a tale of two cities. And it just shows the division in our society, doesn't it? An absolute scandal. I, c- I can't believe it. On any job, somebody to go in and sign their name and they get 56000 And then, of course, the crux of the matter was they used him for the vote last week they had three of a majority to Fianna Gael government. And as soon as that vote was over, he left. Because now it seems there can't be any investigation into him. I'd follow him to the ends of the earth. 56,000. And a young fellow up in court. Now, it's not just... I never think of just a young fellow up in court because I often go down and see what goes on there. His mother is probably there crying, wondering what's going to happen to him. He probably doesn't know what's going to happen to him. He has a conviction now for the rest of his life for a euro. What a... Yorkshire. Alice, it was a fairly depressing letter, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. It was actually very sad. You yeah. know, even when you look at the other incidents of what else was on it, even, you so, know, another man was charged with theft of four bars of chocolate, value three euros. And then you look at this, you know, the doll, you know, I don't know, it's very, very unbalanced. Are we going back to a time really when, you know, you were 
practically thrown out of the country for stealing a loaf of bread. Is that yeah, it does going? sound like something from the, the 19th century, doesn't it, Catherine? Absolutely. And I, I mean, I came to Ireland in 79 and I was amazed at how egalitarian it was. And I know there were things going on behind the scenes. We, we've all heard of those in the recent couple of years. Uh, but, but generally, the keys were in the doors. There was safety. There was very little crime. Uh, and I've watched the the uh, marginalisation of society and I've watched the divide happen since 1979. I've watched it and I think we need to ask why are we manufacturing that kind of society? Why don't we sit down and look at what kind of society we would like? Coming back to your point of the companies coming in if we want to attract investment. We want uh, companies to feel this is an amazing country. We don't want... Uh, a country of helpless, handless people who are feeling disempowered. And I think that's what we need to look at. And I think that whole business of uh, marginalising somebody because they've stolen a bit of chocolate. Uh, back back yeah. to the time yeah. of the famine, that would yes. have been. Yeah. Yes. would have been sentenced. Maybe they'd have sent him to Australia at that time. Yeah. But we have the equivalent now. By the way, at that time, there were soup kitchens mm. of people who were marginalised. But nowadays, I think it's the 20 euros that they get if they're on a CE scheme. Yeah, That's the equivalent of the soup. Well, we have to leave it there for this morning. But my thanks to Catherine McGeechy, to Ray O'Halloran and also to Alice O'Farrell for joining us this week on our Friday morning coffee break. Call Limerick today now on 461995.